Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and before we begin, I wanted to talk about the fantastic folks over at Tabletop Loot. They're a couple who sell and ship all sorts of loot, from t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, and most importantly, so many beautiful dice. We got to spend some time with these awesome folks at Gen Con this year, and you really need to check them out. Right now, you can go to tabletoploot.com and input the promo code RAW in order to get 15% off any dice that you order from them. We've started using some of their orange sherbet dice during our games, and rolling great for me. But they have so many other beautiful dice to choose from. So definitely check out tabletoploot.com and use the promo code RAW, R-A-W, to get 15% off all dice on their website. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you, Tabletop Loot. Also, don't forget you can support D&D Raw on Patreon to access behind-the-scenes content while earning our undying gratitude, including special shoutouts, bonus content, and even the chance to join us in the game. We even recently updated all of our tier rewards, so absolutely you need to come check us out at patreon.com slash dndraw. We would be thrilled if you support us on Patreon. Anyways, on to episode 6 of Serviceable Plots. I'm taking your bacon. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the Half-Elf Awakened Mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliff, the Human Mastermind Rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar Monk Paladin. Last time, the four of you took Zolas to the Ocean Breeze, where you all talked about the attack from these Deathlocks. Zolas explained that he believes these creatures to be servants of a demon lord that goes by the name Tenebris. After explaining he had a vision from his goddess, Fumera, about a potential attack on Orenthal, Zolas said that he had not heard from his goddess since then, and confirmed the date as the 23rd of Neil, just over a year ago. The same date that divine energy in the world almost completely vanished. The party then decided that they would first give Zolas a day to recover from his journey, while Belinda and Scriv took care of some business they had at Arborshade Academy. During the night, however, Akiva was visited by a strange entity, who explained that as Akiva grew stronger, so would he, and that he hoped the two of them would have a mutually beneficial arrangement. Now before we go into Valen and Akiva's morning, we're going to briefly jump over to Belinda and Scriv. So... Belinda, Scriv, as you are both waking up in the morning, what are you doing? Going over my prayer wheel. Okay. Yeah, I would do my bit of time in contemplation, and then I suppose sort of a morning routine. I don't think we're planning to leave today, so we don't have to pack up our stuff. Just sort of maybe a general tidying. Are you sure? I think we should go to the academy and then leave town as quickly as possible. Well, we're sort of waiting for Rizolas to recover, since he's exhausted, and I think our plan was to leave first thing in the morning tomorrow. Okay. But, I mean, worst case, we can come get our stuff. We'll have everything ready to go. We just don't have to take everything with us at the moment. I'm going to pack up my things in case we need to leave quickly. Okay. Not that I don't trust your judgment. It's just, well, there were zombies that threw fireballs last night, and I don't want to tempt fate. (laughs) (laughs) I think our whole trip here is tempting fate, if there is such a thing as fate at all. Wow. That's unexpectedly nihilistic of you this morning. I'm a little tired, but overall, yeah, apparently that makes me nihilistic, and that's okay, right? 
I guess uh, the conversation last night was a little intense as well. I think I actually reacted out of something beyond just logic, so... You probably hurt Akiva's feelings, honestly. I'm still not sure how to handle him. I don't respond well to willful ignorance, but at the same time, I know I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about this, so... I wouldn't say it's willful ignorance so much as something he hasn't really thought about. I mean, if what I remember about the Shadarkai is true, then... I mean, he lives in a place where his god is just there, all the time, every day. Yeah, that's true, but at the same time, he's been on this plane for a while, and he's bound to have noticed the impact that this absence of the deities has had on everyone. Hmm. I'd hate to see that experience diminished, but perhaps I was a bit strong in my reaction. I won't say I'm going to apologize, but we'll see. It's worth at least talking about over breakfast. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a nice chat over breakfast. I think our plan afterwards is to sort of take shifts, sort of keep an eye on Zolas just in case something does come up, but uh, we definitely need to go talk to uh, Zidavir at Arborshade Academy, because I mm-hmm. think she would be the right person to take a look at your relic. Yeah, I really want to know how this all fits into everything. The necklace isn't typical of something you'd find in Silverkeep. It's weird and elven. Yeah, it's a little concerning, but if she doesn't have the answer, I'm sure she can point us in the right direction for who would. Well, I think weird and elven is something she would definitely be able to speak to, so we don't exactly have an appointment, but I believe she's expecting us, so I think we can go and see what kind of answers we can find, and maybe she will also have some insight into what happened last night, having been... I assume somewhat aware of the the goings-on, considering, you know, a good portion of the city was on fire. So I think maybe we'll get some additional information that could help guide our decisions for our next step. Do you think that we're going to get an unexpected visit from the city guard later today? Things got kind of heated at the docks, and Valen didn't leave the best of first impressions. I would say it's expected rather than unexpected. (laughs) (sighs) This is a lot of trouble. We are being paid well, and we were needing to come to Amaran anyways, so on the face of it, it makes sense, and uh, I mean, it's an adventure. That is true. Now come on, let's get breakfast, I'm starving. Sounds good. Alright, about this time, Akiva, <laughs> you wake up. Okay. Valen! Valen, 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 I literally just jump on his bed and try to sh- shake him awake. There's actually probably no way that I wouldn't actually just wake up stark, like, upright the second I hear screaming. <laughs> yep. So Just a full 90 funny, degrees. Yeah, it would be really funny to do the entire groggy veil in. I actually have It's just... What's going uh, on? Uh, Are they back? Uh, no. Um, uh, I just had a really weird dream. Or vision. Or I don't know what it is. Okay. It, it, nope. It, Stones, it, it, glass houses. Continue. Uh, I, I think my sword talked to me. But it was a person that looked like me, but with black hair. But they were definitely looked like Shadar Kai at the very least. They were elven with pale skin, red eyes, onyx black hair, and black cloak. And they 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 said they 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 they, they gave me the power. And 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 uh, I I can't tell if he's he's evil or not. And I'm kind of freaking out because he was like, I don't want you to become like those like warlocks that failed their mission last night that we had to fight. So I uh, I don't know what he wants. Well, breaking that down a few levels. So you did accept power. Yes. Right. You got the sword as a result of that power. Yeah. Okay. Stands to reason that is a conduit of some sort to the thing that gave you power. Mm-hmm. 
did this entity demand anything of you? Not yet. I have a feeling he's going to eventually. Okay. I've not felt anything particularly fiendish coming from your weapon at any point over the year we've been traveling. Yeah, this is actually... Because I told you about how I, I got the weapon. I just found it. It was one of the heirlooms that my people told me never to really touch. And um, then you but, touched it. Yeah, I grabbed know. it because we needed... I needed. To, I wanted to save my people. And, and that was the only time other than now that I've ever heard its voice. Okay. Well, interesting timing. Yeah. I'm not sure what I can say except that we'll figure it out and I will be here to help you. Okay. I just, I, 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 I wanted to let you know, because uh, I'm a little freaked out that he's evil. Uh, he doesn't seem like a god, but I, I'm not sure. That might just be how he appeared to me. Well, I know from personal experience that there are beings that are strong enough to grant others power without necessarily needing to be a god. And Tara, my deva, I know I've spoken of her. She mm-hmm. did uh, form such a bond, a pact. Uh, with a good friend of mine who I traveled with before you. So I've seen that these things can happen, um, so there's no reason to believe it's another god. And if nothing has been asked of you yet, we cannot assume that just because they look evil, they are in fact evil. Because, again, you look very evil. (laughs) So let's just take some deep breaths in and out. Do that for a few minutes here. We're going to be okay. We're going to figure it out together. The, the only thing that set me off was how he talked, but I guess it's been a while since I've interacted with somebody like me. How I, we used to have to talk when we were in the Shadowfell. Someone that speaks formally and with the weight of centuries upon centuries of experience? Yeah. yeah. So it might have just been that. It sounds sinister. Yeah. So, so should we probably keep this between us? I would say yes. Okay. Simply because... We don't know the others that well. I still feel like there's cards they haven't played. I don't think they're a bad lot. They can handle themselves well. We don't have to, you know, babysit them on this. Okay. But let's just not cause any further potential rifts between Belinda and you. Yeah. I mean, she does kind of have a point. I've never had to think about the relationship between my people and Neslin before. That's true. I think that maybe despite herself, she was getting emotional, and she didn't know how to process that. Yeah, that was odd. I've never seen her uh, just... Expressions. Yeah. So, we're just going to give her a little bit of a pass. Okay. We'll act act cool. Mm. We'll all be cool. No one has to talk about terrifying apparitions in the night. It's going to be fun. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, what do we have planned for today, then? Would, would he, I'm sorry I had to wake you up so early. It was just early. Just, I mean, well, I mean so abruptly. <laughs> I get up, look at, look outside, find the position of the sun, shudder. It's not early. It is. It is not early. But it wouldn't be. We went to bed at like four in the morning. Yep. So we are taking first shift, watching our new ward, the cleric, mm-hmm. and then once Belinda and Scriv have gotten back from, I believe they were going to the academy. I'm going to take you around the city like I promised I would. You're going to see Amor on proper. Not on fire and not the docks, because the docks smell. Okay, weird. What do they smell like? Well, you might not have noticed what with all the undead stinking up the place yesterday, but fish. Old oh. fish. It's not great. And sweat. And salt. Just Oh, right. Ocean. 
Yeah. There are so, fish in there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fish being brought in, and sometimes they fall in places and they're not grabbed and they just sort of rot in the sun. It's okay. a particular bouquet that we can do better than. We're going to okay. take you out. I've set aside a little bit of money. You can you can go shopping. You can get some trinkets. We can go shopping? Yes. I know you love bubbles. There's so many cool things in this world. Yes. That's the plan. So okay. we will be on guard for the first few hours of the day, however long the uh, appointment takes. By the way, the I didn't mean to ask you, because I, you, you're you way better judge of character than I am. What do you think of the soulless guy? I'm not entirely sure how to read him. He, um wasn't himself last night. I don't think any of us were, what with the being on fire and undead. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll talk with him, get a better read on him. He seems sincere, if nothing else, in his desire to do the will of his goddess. I'm not sure how that one shakes out. Yeah, at the very least, I don't think we're doing anything wrong by getting to Orenthal. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you had a good feeling about him, because, I mean, he seems nice to me, but, I mean, everybody seems nice to me. It's true, you have that going for you. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Let's get food. Maybe yeah. not fish. Maybe find something other than fish. Okay, yeah. it all tastes good, so I'm okay. <laughs> we'll scatter. Head downstairs, see what uh, Cora can help us find. Alrighty. So, when you arrive, I'm assuming all of you guys are going and getting ready to go get some breakfast at the Ocean Breeze. Mm-hmm. That's sure. where she... Who's collecting Zolas? We can collect him. Okay. He's just... The door down from you guys, you knock and he slowly opens it. He is still dressed in his crocodile skin coat and just kind of looks like breakfast time. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll get some food in you. You can then retire back to your room if you need. You've had a trying few days. But if you're ever going to get back into the swing of things, calories, go. Alright. You see him reach like towards his, his bed and he pull, puts his hat on and ties his sword to his side and he's like alright. Can I while he's getting ready just kind of see if I can get body proportions and measurements? If he's going to continue to go around in a very jaunty and distinguishable outfit it might do to have an extra set of clothes if he needs to become indistinguishable from the rest of the crowd. Yeah, that's easy enough for you. I had a quick question. So did we hear Valen from our room? (laughs) He was pretty loud. You guys are across the way. You heard Valen, and then, of course, you couldn't hear anything else. Uh, yeah, after that. I figured not. I was just, we heard that occurred. <laughs> Something yes. has happened. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> you did hear Akiva call out Valen. Perfect. Okay. But yes, so Zolas is kind of getting up. Studying Zolas for a little bit. He's a little taller than Akiva. He's about six foot tall. He's more athletic, more muscular than Akiva. Uh, not quite as, you know, built as Valen, but he's got broad shoulders and he's very, you, you kind of, as he's moving, you notice while he's moving slowly, he's still pretty steady on his feet. Is it possible for us to give him like a change of Valen's clothes or something? Should it would look big on him. Shove? You could, you could hem it up a bit, but. Yeah. Can, can we like project runway that nonsense and like, you know, just <laughs> make it work? It, could work. It, you, you know what'll definitely work? Just getting him new clothes? Either getting him new clothes or take off my cloak. Throw it at him. Yeah. Yes. Cover up the coat. That would work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright. Assuming he's agreeable to that. And I'm just making note of this in case something happens and we need to get him away quick. Yep. Good call. I also don't mention this to anyone. 
So you're just sizing him up right now? Yes. Okay. He's right. doing the scriv. So we're all sitting at breakfast? Just want to make sure I'm- We'll say like you guys all, just to, to fast track that a little bit, you all got over to the Ocean Breeze. Uh, just Maul is there and- Sit, 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 eat, eat, eat. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think I would try to sit near Akiva. I'll elbow you if you if you don't start <laughs> saying anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to- I will casually sit next to him. Help. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Akiva. Yes. Everything okay this morning? Oh, yeah. About the yelling? Yeah, yeah, that really about the yelling. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really weird dream. I was being like eaten by like these weird worms and there was like yeah, it was really and then and, and then like like flying up above were like these 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 like giant almost look like seagulls, but they were like huge like 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 dragon size, but they were seagulls. Valen is just nodding with a big smile on his face. Can I try and get a closer look at the inner workings of Akiva's <laughs> mind? <laughs> I would like to psychoanalyze these that thoughts. Seems like a dangerous place. You can. Okay. Yeah, Belinda does not believe you. <laughs> I would like to take like make a clarifying question. Yes. Scriv is taking him at face value and is yes. trying yes, to determine yes, the, the meaning of those dreams. Right, the meaning of okay. dreams. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> Scriv is completely buying into so it. So you buy it. You're just trying to interpret the dream. Yes. yes. I would say that would be more of an insight check. <laughs> I must interpret the meaning. So Akiva, I mean, if, if Belinda is inciting your yes. uh, honesty, then you're rolling deception. Okay. So first uh, interpretation roll. That is crit fail. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know what? He's seen some stuff in the Shadowfell, man. He's seen some stuff. I just start tearing up a little bit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's so broken. He puts up this this facade. He seems so friendly and cheerful, but the veneer of happiness. <laughs> Death is all around him. Do you want the insight first or the deception? I'll take the uh, the insight first. It's a 24. Deception? Oh, only a 17. So, yeah, no. Akiva's not. He's not telling you the truth. Well, as long as we're like, huh, interesting. I, uh, I don't tend to have anything like that in my experience. Yeah, neither do I. That was why I was uh, a little freaked out. Yeah, you definitely sounded really freaked out, considering. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. the worms. <laughs> about yeah those worms and creatures and things yeah that sounds pretty intense so here's the thing okay. <laughs> here's the thing about that dream <laughs> no 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 we're not worried about the dream here's the thing akiva we come from very different backgrounds i've grown up here in a mundane world with you know there's magic and everything but i did bookkeeping i I'm used to dealing in concrete things and the experiences of those around me. So I know that colors my perspective on everything. Okay. And where you're coming from is not something that I've experienced. So I know I was a little hard on you yesterday. I mean, to be fair, I I can see where you're coming from and you you did raise a valid point. I have never really had to really ponder the relationship between my people and Nezalem. We worship him, but we also, I mean, I never have personally met him, but there are people in my tribe that go and speak with him. 
in person and have seen him. Yeah, I know it's it's sort of maybe more of a cultural belief rather than a specific. Yeah, and but I I I get where you're coming from, and I'm really really sorry if I offended you. I think I spoke more from a place and less from my own sense of loss, which is definitely important. But I I was actually at a temple of Adar when it happened, and I saw how it affected all of the clerics there who you know this is their this is their life this is their everything and to suddenly have that connection severed was traumatic and for some just something they couldn't even begin to cope with so i think i reacted less i didn't think about it from your perspective i was coming from a place of i didn't want to see that experience that story being diminished i know you didn't mean to brush it off but that was that was why I reacted the way and, I did. And, and and the more I thought about it, I tried to think, what? How would I feel if suddenly one of my tribe leaders had reported that Neslim was gone or dead? So I I understand where you're coming from, and I I do apologize for trying not to put myself in your shoes immediately. We're still getting to know each other, so I'm not good at apologies, but I sort of have a peace offering. Okay. Alright, so this is gonna seem weird. Okay. But if I have your permission, and okay. then the rest of this is gonna be telepathic, will you share your memory of your dream with me? What the <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh so so out of character. Oh, she's that, sneaking. She's yeah. sneaking. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so uh so Adam, for my ability for part of my telepathy, we can communicate telepathically, but also you can share perfect recall of a memory with me. You can't change it, so you have to you it's a yes no thing. So you just spoke to him telepathically? Yes. Yeah, that's new to you, Akiva. Mm-hmm. Okay. While they're doing the mind meld thing, can I try to psychoanalyze her lack of dreams given the fact that she was in a very traumatic experience let's go ahead and roll it i don't think i've actually heard the details of where she was on the day it happened yeah Hold on. that's can, true can we get a clarifying point here mm -hmm. yes was there an actual like thing that happened or was he just not there one day just not just there. not there okay so there's not a moment where like at you know 252 in the afternoon something happened no, it was more like everybody woke up in the morning and all of a sudden there was no deity to okay, pray to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it still remains open-ended. Yes. yes. All, yeah. Just all of a sudden, the people, yeah, people woke up and they felt, the clerics felt no power. They prayed and got no spells. So anyway, back to Scriv's insight check to see if Belinda's okay. 19. I like the idea of Scriv getting super Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to figure it out because he's not a part of it. So you're trying to, to figure out how much she's been affected by that event. Yes. Because I don't talk about it. Are you attempting to hide it? I'm not trying to be deceptive in any way about that. Okay. Based off of a 19, it's affected her a good bit. Not her own personal connection. I don't have PTSD, is what you're right. saying. That's but. that's what I want to double <laughs> yeah. check, because yeah. I right now I'm freaking out over the fact that Akiva has intense PTSD and <laughs> hides it behind this false face. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to make sure that Belinda's okay. She's totally mentally stable. She's just... She's mentally okay. Okay. We gotta have a checkup like every six months, make sure that you're okay. <laughs> it was a rough time, but she's she's okay. 
So the only person at the table, other than potentially the actual cleric, who does have serious lingering issues that deeply <laughs> affect him, <laughs> is just quietly just eating his meal, and Scrib is ignoring because there's Scrib is like... <laughs> so, as this very quiet, silent moment of just chewing happens, Akiva. Okay, well, here's... Because she, she just explained that I can answer back in my head, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I will answer back. I can't show you what my dream was, but not for the reasons you think. I, I know I've only kind of just met you guys, but I do kind of sense a kinship and I do trust you. So it's not that I don't trust you with it. It's that it's an issue that will affect me and Valen to an extent because we've been together for so long and it's if it's something bad i don't want it to drag you guys into it yes you said we had very different upbringings but i'm not entirely sure that's 100 percent sure it's at your discretion i asked because that's how this ability works but i know you weren't honest with me and if we want to be allies i want transparency i told you one of the hardest things I've ever been through, which was a very personal thing. I hadn't even shared that with Scrib before. So I really hoped that would be enough to not earn, but hopefully make you feel like you could trust me with this because secrets are dangerous. And I understand that. And I'm not trying to offend you or no. not trust you. You're it's not trusting. Just, it's a, I, you don't have to trust me. You obviously don't, or you would I share it. I do because... It might be extremely bad, and I like I'm 100% transparency. I don't want to drag you and Scriv into it. If that's ooh, the ooh, case, ooh. then you should. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Just happy question. Because it's been about long enough. I'm I'm sorry. Is anyone going to talk about the fact that she just stopped mid sentence and now they're staring at each other? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was waiting for that. By the way, this does happen faster than speaking. Yeah, but yes, this is why I waited is, for several awk- sentences. Yeah. There is an awkward <laughs> silence. Are, are you two okay? Yeah. yeah. Outside telepathy. Yeah. No, we're good. Just yeah. trying to, I guess, navigate some things. But tele- telepathically, I'm going to say to Akiva, I really hoped you would trust me because keeping a secret for someone's protection only leads to more danger. Scriff, what the Phelan, Phelan, <laughs> I think they like each other. As <laughs> <laughs> we're like, eye contact. <laughs> You know, no, no, listen, listen, Phelan, follow me on this, all right? <laughs> she was really aggressive about a personal issue, and then they they commiserated over it, and now they're doing that longing eye lock thing. I've read books about this. <laughs> I've read plenty of books on this on the frontier. Don't you don't you see it live in action? Uh, oh, Kiva man. is beautiful. Can yeah. can someone just pass me more bacon, please? Here, here you go, man. Th- thank you. I- Zolus just keeps going about eating as you guys are all talking about this. Notably, uh, (laughs) I'm passing a piece of Akiva's bacon over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, alright, and so the last thing telepathically to Akiva would just be, it's up to you. I just would hate to think you're keeping a secret that would put everyone in danger. And that's the exact opposite reason of why I can't share it with you. I'm sorry. I do trust you, but it's... Don't be sorry, be right, okay? At what point does Valen notice that Akiva is clearly wounded. Yeah, Akiva's like... <laughs> Deeply. <laughs> probably when I just kind of just say quiet. Like right at the end of that, probably. Yeah. Akiva. Yeah. Yes? 
what's going on with the staring contest, and why do you look like somebody just kicked Lazarus in front of you? Uh, I'm just really hungry. Viva. Viva. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You're not, and yet you have a good deception roll. Okay, but I have a really good insight. Yeah, I he's really insightful. Oh, oh no, I know. <laughs> are, are you gonna take him aside, or are we all do it at this at the breakfast table? Because this is the most awkward breakfast. Ever. I, I've taken more bacon. You know what's awkward for? It's awkward for Valen and Scrib. Yes, just that's what I mean. Going. <laughs> So I am going to mention, because I did not earlier, but you guys did notice when you came in into the Ocean Breeze, there are two guards following you. Two different guards from last night. Fresh guards. Yes. That seems fair. I mean, if they're still in uniform, I'm not particularly worried. Nope. They're just, they're sitting at a table near the entrance. Really? Who wants to step up and explain what's going on for the people not in on the joke? I mean... Look, okay. Scriv look like he knows what's going on. I'm just staring down. I can't even respond. I, I, I'm assuming legitimately that this is what that this is what <laughs> Scriv thinks. <laughs> you know about the telepathy. I mean, you know about the like. telepathy, but you might. Yeah. yeah. I okay. I'm gonna go ahead and reach out to Vela telepathically and say, "I'll fill you in on this later." Whoa! All right. That that didn't explain anything, but okay. <laughs> I'm assuming at this point, Scriv, you know that she can do the silent communication thing. Everything clicks. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, so you two just had a tiff, and Belinda won. It wasn't so much a tiff. I I didn't want to, like, because, I mean, she shared that with me, and I didn't want to, like, betray that secret. So, I'm sorry, Valen. That, no, that, that checks out. Okay, that I did say that they were playing some things close to the chest. I didn't know what she was, for example, and telepathy is now on the table. Right. Okay. So, cool. <laughs> I'm not having any more bacon. I'm set. Thank you. I'm taking your bacon. <laughs> Take my bacon. Taking the bacon. <laughs> All right. Well, I apologize, by the way, for us talking behind your back and me telling Akiva that you were keeping things from us. I don't apologize for being correct. I didn't know enough to trust you guys. Mr. Zolus, you can now rest assured that our team is no longer hiding secrets amongst itself. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Sure thing. (laughs) Is he even conscious enough to care? Like, he's his head is like two inches off his plate as he's eating. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going with full transparency... Valen, I know we talked about this already, but should I... No, if we're opening up, it's fine. You have an otherworldly patron. Who hasn't at some point? What? (laughs) I quietly take a sip of my tea. (laughs) I wasn't lying to you when I said I wasn't trying to drag you guys into something that wasn't your problem. My power comes from some entity that I don't know about. I've only ever had him spoke to me once when I first got the power. And then last night he spoke to me in full appearance in a dream. Mm, this this thing got a name? No, I don't know it. Can you share with me what that was? If you can remember it, then I can see it. I will show her everything. Okay. You see the whole memory or the whole dream of this figure there. There is the briefest of instance, though. That you think the figure's looking at you, Belinda. 
not at Akiva. You see, like, a shift slightly. Like, the, like the eyes dart for two seconds. Like a fourth wall break as yeah. I'm viewing the memory. <laughs> yep. This has never happened to you before. It's never happened. <laughs> so, I don't know what he wants, and if it's something bad, I didn't want to drag you two into it. Yeah, well, we're we're here, we're working together, and uh, this seems like this could affect everyone. So, I am not sure what to do next, but you've obviously been put on notice for some reason. Yeah, and I don't love the timing either after our encounter last night with warlocks and undead. So you said you don't know what we should do, and I think we do now. We're what going to the academy. We're going to get our gear, and we're leaving town. This is true. So I guess we just continue with our plan as is, and... Because all of this is big picture stuff that doesn't really affect what we're trying to do right now. So Akiva. Yeah. Tell us as things are happening, because it will affect all of us as long as we're traveling together. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't want to have to keep it from you, but... Yeah, also, side note, you're not good at keeping secrets. It's not my thing. No, it does not make you happy. I can tell your face has been in, like, agony. It's hard to look at you right now. I'm sorry. I steal another slice of bacon. Oh, (laughs) man, does it feel good not to have to keep these secrets? (laughs) And I look over at Zolas. Yep, this is a good thing to talk about in public. He raises the bacon up that he has in his hands, like, right back at you, and just chews down. I'm sorry, Valen, I know I wanted to keep it close to the belt, but oh man, does this feel good to get it off my chest. I, I, I think we're going to be alright. That was killing you. By about this time, you guys hear a very loud voice coming out from outside. You recognize it immediately as uh, Olga's. Oh. And it just calls out and says, The attack last night has been dealt with. There is no more cause for alarm. The undead entities have fled the city and they will not be returning We will be hunting them down and dealing with them. Further announcements as things develop. Thank you. Why is she just shouting this into the tavern? Hear ye, hear ye. She's outside. (laughs) Oh, it's probably like- But it seems unnaturally loud. Yeah. Like like thaumaturgy loud? Like thaumaturgy loud. Wow, she's a really loud person. Is she just standing outside yelling at us? No, 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 she's not. You don't bother to explain, you just say, no. Yeah, Akiva literally just tilts his head like, huh? <laughs> Simple magical effect. Oh. This you magic know, like keeps me getting used magic, to. Magic, magic, not stage magic. Yeah. Obviously, since, no, you perform both, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> one is magic, one is illusions. <laughs> but an illusion is a school of magic. I know, it's very confusing. <laughs> That's no problem. All right. Anything else you guys would like to discuss during breakfast in the middle of this nice open tavern before we keep going? I assume we could be in like a secluded corner and we're not yelling. No. Well, I mean, can I just toss a look over at the two guards who have been assigned to to observe these these four adventurers? Yeah, but I would imagine they're not close enough to overhear our conversation. I don't know. I mean, if they are... There's no food on the table, no drinks on their table. They are just staring towards you guys. Cool. Bunch of professionals here. We're a bunch of pros. (laughs) Yep, you just look over. They are there. What can I say? I like sharing. Sharing is caring. It says that on one of Scrib's cards. (laughs) I I think it's time for us to go and finish what we need to do. Yeah. 
So, Zolas, are I think you're gonna stay with Valen and Akiva? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. We're going back to the inn for now. Yep. You can pass right the heck back out. We will uh, occupy ourselves with something. We'll be hanging out, making sure no one sneaks up on you. All right. Appreciate it. And he is going to follow you back to the inn, to the Thistledon Inn. Guards split up one to one. Nope. They follow Zolas. They don't care about us at all. They're here for Zolas. (laughs) All right. Just making sure they're not suspecting us. Like, keep an eye on these adventurers. We don't know what they could possibly do. Yeah. When you guys split up, you do see them, like, pause for the briefest of seconds to see, like, where you guys are headed and then continue to follow Zolas. Yeah. And we just walk normally. It's not like we're scuttling away into the shadows of an alley or something. (laughs) We're just like, now we walk to the academy. All right. Oh, on the way to the academy, I wanted to uh, post some correspondence. Okay. Yeah, there's a, a, a place nearby that you see the symbol of it's uh, the basic understanding of the shape of Nabrasil with like kind of what looks like a bag stuffed with letters. It's a Scribner shop. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Scrib's like, oh, do you want to go in, Scrib? I was just going to drop off some mail. But actually, maybe, do they sell calligraphy? Calligraphy kits? They do. Yeah. There are yeah. several there. I need a set. Okay. We're going to Fantasy Office Depot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not incorrect. <laughs> the place is called the Adept Writer and Calligraphy Supplies. Yeah, they sell them for 10 gold. All right, cool. And this might not be above board, but how much extra gear would I need to get for a forgery kit? For a forgery kit is 15 gold. He said, could could you acquire the parts of a forgery kit and put it together? Yes. And mm-hmm. put it together with the rest of the equipment from a calligrapher's kit. Because, I mean, that's basically what it is. Yeah. All right, so calligrapher's supplies mainly contains ink, parchment, quills, and forgery's got different kinds of ink. Um, so you can kind of have some of that, but you would need some seals and sealing wax. I'm sure they sell that here. Gold and silver leaf and small tools to sculpt melted wax to mimic a seal. So you can you can have about three quarters of a forger's kit starting to put together. Okay. Can we just do it as, so Scrib's going to be going around the shop. I assume there's things on shelves that he can acquire, and I'll just sort of chat up the shopkeeper while he shops, because I'm just mailing stuff. Yeah. Actually, honestly, the usual tools to sculpt the wax you aren't able to acquire. Okay. So you can get the majority of it. So, yeah, I'll get a majority of it. Also, a nice little side carrying container for all my calligraphy kit. Yep. Just the Scrivener's bag. Scrivener's special calligraphy kit. Yeah. Yep. All right. That sounds cool. fun. Trademark right. pending. How much? Yeah. Since I'm also mailing things at rather, I'm sure, rather significant cost, can we get some sort of deal? Belinda, you already have a deal for the mailing. Yeah. Make me a persuasion check with advantage. 22. I also have a letter to send home. So. Oh, okay. Well, I can mail yours with mine. Oh, cool. All right. So you guys get all of that together, and he says, as he's counting up the supplies, it'd be about eight gold pieces. Eight? With your deal. Yeah, that seems fair. All right. All right. Nice. Successful Office Depot trip. So you guys have calligraphers tools. Yeah. All right. So you guys approach the massive stone, almost castle-like looking structure that is Arbor Shade Academy. Stained glass windows kind of cover the entire outside. You see a large open field in the front with what look like kind of scarecrows type figures, like practice dummies. Mm, Arcane runes can be seen throughout and you see on the door itself like adamantine bars kind of across it. You see also small floating globes at the different corners of the building, but they are currently dim. You would assume that these can potentially produce light at night. Okay. Nice. Do you know where we're supposed to be going? 
We're looking for Zinevir. I'm sure we can ask. As you approach, you see a bunch of people are moving about this early in the morning. You see several people over by the training dummies seeming to try to practice some spells. As you guys are coming up, you see a female half-orc dressed in uh, fairly nice robes talking to a half-elven woman who has long blonde hair. And she is immaculately dressed. Like she takes extremely good care of herself. Her hair is kind of slicked back a bit. The female half-orc is uh, much larger and imposing, about six and a half feet tall with several piercings along her nose and ears, but they just seem to be conversing uh, as you guys are approaching the door and both turn to look at you uh, as you come up. By the way, it's kind of like, I just realized we're not spellcasters at all. We're like, let's go to the wizard academy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, so I am going to walk up to them both and say, good day, I am looking for Zinevir. I'm supposed to meet up with her. Could you assist us? The half-orc woman goes, you're looking for Zenevere. May I say what y- your name is? Belinda Walsingham. Uh, we've been corresponding. You see, she grabs one of the earrings on her ear and just goes, Mistress Zenevere, you have a Belinda Walsingham here to see you. After a, a moment, you just, oh, she's expecting you. If you head in stairs to your right, go up two stories, and it'll be the third door on your right as you head down. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, if I could just quickly ask, what are your names? We're new to town. I'm Master Katrina Hallite, the half-orc woman says, uh, evocation instructor. And the half-elf woman goes, Alinus Serpenthelm, a pleasure. And just bows, abjuration master. Yeah, I'm going to kind of glance over at Scriv and try to get a read on how he's doing, because there are a lot of people here, and they're like spell casting and scurrying around, and it's just a lot. Can I try and focus on palming a coin as a focus action? Okay, so you're trying to do that to keep yourself calm and focused and at attention? I figure if I can focus on doing this basic action, maybe that can keep me from having to focus on everything else that's going on. For the sake of this, roll just a wisdom check for me. Ten. Okay. You're holding your own. You're you're starting to get accustomed to it. You're able... It's... It's definitely not as bad as yesterday was. You're able to kind of keep your your focus on the things around you and on the coin. All right. As long as I'm able to do that. And I look over Belinda, nod my head. Okay. Once we get in there, I'll make the introductions. But I think you'll, uh, if you're comfortable taking the lead on showing what you brought. Mm. Okay. I guess we're heading up the stairs. All right. You head up off these intricately carved stone spiral stairway that goes up and proceed down this hallway that is very well crafted, but very Spartan in design. Not a lot of flair, not a lot of beauty and artwork and all that. It's just very plain and simple, well kept and well maintained. What style is it in? Just traditionally? It's dwarven. Okay. You go to the door that you were instructed and it is already open. And inside you see an older human woman with short braided gold hair and bright blue eyes. Very attractive overall. She is actually just barely five feet tall, but wearing very nice, intricate robes and seems to just be riding on something as you approach. The walls are stacked with books. Bookcases just completely cover almost the entire stonework around and just 
are filled to the brim. There's a simple desk kind of in the center as you see this woman just pouring over a tome as you guys approach. And when you round the corner, she looks up. Belinda, I assume? Yes, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And this is... Scribner Whitecliff from Veripol. Charmed. She gestures off just outside of your view from the doorway, and two chairs slowly float and approach and sit by her desk on the opposite side. Like, please. Well, you're certainly making us feel welcome. Thank you. Of course. I don't have class at the moment, so I have plenty of time to discuss things. You came at an interesting time in Amaran. Yes, uh, considering what happened last night, which we were rather intimately involved with, not really through choice, but through chance. They attacked by the harbor as well, I heard. Yeah. Yes. There was an attack at the academy as well. I think they were using it just to stall the wizards here. So it was extremely coordinated then. This was planned. I'd be more concerned about how they were able to get this far into the city. Disguising spells for these types of creatures are not uncommon. Is everyone here at the academy extremely concerned? No longer. We have been casting several spells and dispel magics on some of the students to make sure. Are you aware of why we were sent here? Belinda, you said that you were on your way and wanted to speak more when you had arrived, and you had an object, an amulet or some sort to be looked at? Well, I'm really just the messenger. Scriv here is the one carrying it and has studied it thus far. Well, I can say I myself don't tend to go for uh, artifacts of that sort. That more is our divination master. Horgion treats patients. What is your area of expertise? I tend to run the school in Thovin's absence, but I am the master of necromancy. I'm gonna pull out the amulet and just lay it out. This was recovered deep in the ruins of Silverkeep, and it's a bit of an anomaly compared to everything else that's been recovered on site. So you pull out this this small amulet that is very worn, but seems still very much preserved, much more so than you feel like it should have been. It contains <clears throat> no magical essence from your studies of it, and it is elven in design, which was odd because most of Silverkeep has been dwarven in its construction, as well as it's older than anything you've found there so far. Yeah. So she initially takes it and takes a look at it. There is a gem that's supposed to go in here, it looks like. There's an empty space. Yeah. Turns it over, looks at some of the very worn runes on the back of it. These look like they're arcane in nature. Is this magical? Have you had this inspected? Well, that's kind of why we were here. The runes don't line up with any of the languages that I know or that I've been able to cross-reference in Silverkeep and there wasn't any magic detected on the amulet itself. Fascinating. So I didn't know if it had lost charge, or maybe the missing gem was some sort of source of power for it. Perhaps. May I, as she puts it down and seems to be, like, preparing to cast a spell. I take a step back. (laughs) (laughs) She focuses for a moment and then reaches out and touches the object. Hmm. It's not magical in and of itself. Interesting. It's entirely possible Horjin would know more. I can summon him if you wish, or simply direct you to his office. Please, we could go to his office directly. We don't know how much you have to deal with, especially if the academy was attacked. That's been mostly taken care of, fortunately. Simply going over some things and making sure that everything is where it should be. Forgetting himself for a bit, well, you could always just join us for a bit of an adventure. It's a question you don't know the answer to. My adventuring days are 
Many, many, many years passed. But thank you. If I can just ask one final question. Yes. I know your time is valuable. Do you know what, or do you suspect what sparked this attack? I suspect the cleric that is coming in sparked this attack. That aligns with what we also suspected. Whatever it is that he knows or has must be something that this third party does not want getting out. She kind of looks to the two of you. It was only the artifact that brought you to Amaran, correct? That was the original instigating force, I would say. It is a long way to travel just to inspect an artifact. I shrug. I normally act as a researcher, so... She kind of holds up a hand and is like, My apologies. My old uh, mistrusts showing up again. I do not mean to pry into your business. No, it's fine. Once we manage to get this identified, we'll probably give it over to the Church of Adar to be handled. So, thank you very much for your time. Of course. Is there anything else I can help you with? Just direct us where we need to go. Looks to Belinda. I look forward to continue our correspondence, especially on the nature of what happened on the 23rd of Neil a year ago. She just nods. I've still not found any more information, sadly. And what I can, using what scrying magics I can, what other divination capabilities are in my possession and in Horgens. But thus far, there's nothing new. That's what I assumed, but I look forward to hearing from you if you learn anything, and I'm always willing to share anything that I learn. I appreciate that. So, yeah, we turn and we, we leave to go in the direction. So she will gesture you a few doors down the hallway, and you see her just kind of pull a, a small ring out of a drawer and just say, uh, Horjan, are you in your office at the moment? And holds it up to her ear. You have two visitors coming to see you about an artifact I think you might find of interest. And she says, he's there, you may proceed. Sorry, if I could ask, what are you using and how do we get one or some? Ah, these are earrings of message. We have cast spells upon them to expand their range. Uh, they are linked to another earring specifically, however. It's fascinating. Yes. In terms of how you get one, we might have a few spares if you wish. That would be wonderful. Just come see me um, once you're done speaking with Horjan. I might, I'll see what I can find. Well, thank you. That's incredibly kind and generous. Of course. Thank you. I mean, it's very nice to actually get to meet someone I've corresponded with for so long. Put a face to the name. Indeed. Yes, I've always enjoyed our letters, and I look forward to hearing from you further, and hopefully we'll solve some mysteries. I hope so as well. I will tell you what avenues I continue to explore as I do. Take care of yourself. And you as well, Belinda. Scrivener? Headmaster. <laughs> Alright. I just back out. <laughs> Belinda, did you and the headmaster want some time alone to discuss whatever else in the correspondence? I felt like a third wheel. No, not at all. That date, though, is that you mentioned, as we're going, by the yeah. way. Right, we walk and talk, gotcha. So, that date you mentioned, that that was the day when it all happened? That day specifically? So far, everything I found out, it all lines up to that date. That's why I was asking Valen about it as well. His sort of lack of contact with his with his deva. That day sounds so familiar. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Huh. I I don't know. I don't recall anything in particular, but that my focus has been totally on this this side of things. So, maybe mm. that's a question or something to bring up with your family. I was hoping we might visit them on our way to Orenthal. Just just us, right? Well, we would be Traveling with our companions, and... Mm, 
Oh, boy. Does that make you uncomfortable? I mean, you know how dad is. Yeah. And I think that him meeting Akiva is something that should never, ever, ever happen. (laughs) For Akiva's sake. I mean, I think Akiva's perhaps stronger than, than he seems. Okay. He seems resilient. I think he would appreciate Jack's jokes. You know what? You're right. We knock on this door. As you knock on the door, you hear, Come in, come in, come in! Push we open come the in. door. <laughs> you open the door, and there is a gnome sitting at just a simple stool with a kind of little podium with a crystal ball on it. And he has cropped curly blonde hair and brown eyes, kind of rough, dirty, golden skin. He is just barely under four feet tall, very thin, and very plain face. And he's just like kind of staring intently towards his crystal ball as you initially come in. Eh, nothing today. Oh, so you're Zinevere's friends, right? Uh, yes, I'm Belinda Walsingham, and this is Scribner Whitecliffe. Master Horgen treats patients. Pleasure. Mr. Treats patients. We are told that you could provide assistance with analyzing a relic that was recovered over in Silverkeep. Ah, he hops off the stool and walks over to you. Yes. What is this artifact? You have it? And he just holds a hand yes. up. Yes. And I pull out the golden amulet and hand it over. Huh. Oh. And he just immediately takes it over to a desk that you see now in the corner and puts it down, reaches in, pulls out a magnifying glass and like really looks at it and starts to, this elven design, but... This is millennia old. And just keeps flipping it over and over. That's arcane symbols? It doesn't line up with any of the other relics that were recovered in Silverkeep. Mostly dwarven in make. Well, most of Silverkeep's artifacts tend to be, well, <laughs> silver. But the gold design on this is... keeps flipping it kind of as he looks through it. If you'd like, I have an etching of the runes on the relic, if that makes it easier for you to observe. Actually, yes, that'd be fantastic. I just hand over a charcoal etching that I managed to get. He immediately, like, takes it, he starts to look through it. You see him wave a hand and a little ghostly, like, half-transparent hand kind of comes up and pulls a book off of one of his shelves and brings it over, and he starts flipping through it, and just keeps going. And this takes a little bit of time, as he's kind of going back and forth, just looking. I would like to help by providing as much information as possible, given my own research. So you're filling him in on what you know of this amulet. And after a little while, he's just, I've never seen anything like this. Neither had I. That's why we were suggested to come to the Academy. Hopefully, if anything, this place would have the answers. Uh, It would take me a good deal of time if I was going through all of my books to try and find anything that might actually relate to this. Elven in origin makes me think that maybe the High Elves of Solana might know something about this. They're definitely much more practiced in the arcane. But founding in Silverkeep, that doesn't make any sense. No. Especially with it being uh, seemingly as old as it is. I could get back to you on this if you want. It would take some time for me to study this, but... Do you have an expected time when we might be able to give an update? I could give you a point of contact within the Church of Adar. <laughs> I'm going to be spending all day looking at this, so I might have more information for you by tomorrow morning, or I could always... Hold on. And he kind of like looks at you intently for a moment. Okay. I can always send you a sending message. Okay. That would be acceptable. <laughs> Studying scripts. Not going to ask any questions, completely accepting. Yep, this guy could totally do it if he needed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. And he's just staring now where the gem would go in it as he's kind of like brushing his fingers over it. 
an old loss awakens an unspoken end. Undead rise as ancient love is rediscovered. A hero's lost will break the chains. A broken heart will bring about the dawn of evil. Beware the day the sun goes dark as it signals the return of that which even the gods fear. What? Wait, what? What? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.